Okay, we are now joined by Eric Williams at WBK Sports. And don't know how many of you out there believe in like mysticism and magical powers, but somehow uh, Eric has the uncanny ability to always be in the right place at the right time for the best highlights, the best game. Like it, it is his legitimate magical superpower. Eric, thank you very much for joining us. You were at Vista 46, Poway 42. What'd you see? You know what? This reminded me of that, uh, that Madison comeback versus Saints back in the 2016 D1 CIF championship. I know you were there. Um, but it was something like that where the whole first half was dominated by one team. And, uh, next thing you know, it was a miracle comeback in the end and the, and the waning moments in the final seconds. Um, just a, an amazing game. Uh, started off chippy uh, a little bit. You know, Vista took their normal trip from their locker room behind the south end zone towards the sideline. Uh, but Poway had, had already been there waiting, stretching out for the JV game. And Vista... Uh, Walk through that line, you know, Poway players, and you know, everybody got a little heated in a, in a good way. You know, it wasn't anything, uh, you know, bad. And Poway's head coach, uh, you know, fired up his team. You know, he got upset and uh, used it as an opportunity to, to fire his players up. And uh, they came out just flying everywhere on their first drive. They established the run game immediately. Josh Bolt, Butler just bullied his way a couple times. And, Run finished with the short touchdown run gives Poway early 7-0 lead, uh, and then after Vista goes three and out, um, they get a nice punt to the 12-yard line. But Poway was working in this sort of hurry-up offense where they would come straight out of the sideline or come straight out of the huddle and rush to the line and immediately snap the ball. And it, Vista was trying to move players all over the place, and they were lost, and it completely caught them off guard. And Josh Butler took on 88 yards to the house great power, great speed, and uh, Panthers just sort of looked there on shock, in shock at how quickly it happened. Bam, next thing you know, they're down 14 nothing uh, early first quarter. They drove down next drive. Vista gets the ball back, goes hits in the red zone um, in the second quarter, but they missed a field goal. Uh, so they're still down 14, just things struggling all around. And on a third and something long, Andrew Wisely hits Butler, Josh Butler on a nice screen plot pass that goes 50 yards and they <laughs> rush up to the huddle again um uh rush out of the huddle from the huddle again and and sort of uh, uh just snap the ball immediately and butler takes his third touchdown run in gives Poway an early 21 nothing lead um but you know Panthers came back quickly though this time big david flores broke through for a huge 61 yard touchdown run gets this on the board first time midway through the second quarter uh, missed extra point, 21-6. Uh, and then Poway comes back again, third and 19. Um, and, uh, I mean, you'd think he'd be focusing in on Butler by now, but they get another conversion off a great run by him. Sets up a, a, a four-yard touchdown run later from Vance Jefferson. Now it's 28-6 Poway. Um, this to continue to pound the run game, though. Uh, they get a nice 10-yard touchdown run out of Brian Kelly. Gets him within 28-13. And this is where it got a little bit uh, frustrating for the Panthers. They get the ball back late first half. They're forced to punt. And I'm telling you, there's literally six seconds left on the clock. They shank the punt out of bounds and literally leave three seconds left. So 
for Poway who take it out at the 25-yard touchdown and uh, Andrew Wisely throws a beautiful pass. DJ Owens comes out of just nowhere, tall kid. Literally, it's a buzzer. As the time expires, gives, gives Poway a 35-13 lead at the half, and you can hear fans on the sideline on the, in the crowd. They're upset. Um, players are looking really down. Coaches are frustrated at this point. Um, you know, they had deferred, you know, so they were hoping they, you know, they could get the ball to start the second half. You know, being down 28-13, you got a chance to make it 28-20, but now you're down 35-13. So um, we had the second half. Panthers, like I said, they, they defer, so they get the ball back. They get some big run from Brian Kelly. Sets up Desmond Tala uh, for a one-yard touchdown run. They missed the two-point conversion. Now it's 35-19. And you're starting to think a little bit, hey, you never know. But on the ensuing kickoff, DJ Owens, remember that name. Uh, he's He's got some uh, talent out there for Poway. Takes a kick return about 90 yards for a touchdown and gives Poway a 42-19 lead with about eight minutes left to go in the third. I'm hearing complaints from the stands. Photographers are leaving. I I think it was Max Preps. Uh, they left. A couple guys over there. Don't quote me on that. But, um, you know, several people were yelling at this to the offense, throw the ball, throw the ball. They're, they're getting frustrated. And, um, you know, but the kids didn't waver. Um, and then, like you said, something in the universe just changed. And uh, a new game emerged for over the next 23 minutes. Uh, it started with uh, – uh, a pass, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, after all these all these sideline coaches from the stands are screaming past the ball, um, this game changed with a huge pass. Uh, Travis Bennett, who was on point all night, hitting uh, threading the needle, hits Brent Lawson, great wide receiver on a quick slant over the middle. Lawson outruns the Titans secondary, 85 yards. Next thing you know, it's 42-26. Um, and now with such a quick response, you've got kids and coaches believing um, if Vista can make some stops, they might have a chance. Uh, Poway comes down and drives, and then there's a big fourth and two around the 50-yard line. And Vista's uh, big boy linebacker, Zach Shipper, remember his name. He's going to be a D1 guy um, in the coming years and be a recruit. He comes up with a huge sack on Andrew Wisely. He gives this the ball back about four or five minutes left in the third quarter. Um, and then, boom, Travis Bennett hits Brent Lawson again this time with the 17-yard touchdown pass. And now this is back in it, 42-32 late third quarter. So the momentum has switched. Poway's starting to wear out. You can see it. Um, so they slow the game down a little bit. But this is defense now re-energized, focused in on stopping Butler. Uh, they get to Wisely a couple times, get the ball back with about nine minutes uh, left in the game. And before you know it, Travis Bennett – Hits Brent Lawson, a beautiful throw by Bennett. Great, even better catch by Lawson. Fingertips just barely in there. Um, one of my best shots in the night. You can see that. Go look for Bennett and Lawson's third touchdown in the second half. This time it's 12 yards. And now it's 42-39, under seven minutes left to go in the game. Powell is looking gassed. Um, they try to run some clock, but Panthers D get some stops and some help from a penalty, forces a punt. Gives this with the ball back with just under three minutes to play. Um, they had all three TOs left. Um, and so they're looking to pass again. Um, but Powell is ready for it. They shut down a couple of passes. Got it was fourth and seven. Um, game was on the line. And um, uh, again, Bennett hits <laughs> Lawson, uh, threads the needle. Uh, Brent Lawson makes an incredible catch. And this is hopes are alive. Des Tower picks up another first down on third and short. 
And then big boy, David Flores. I love watching this kid. He breaks through the line like an old school Earl Campbell, uh, Bo Jackson type, big guy. He barrels his way 50 yards, gets him into the 10-yard line. Clock still moving. Um, Vista hurries the line of scrimmage. They try to run a couple times. Powell makes some great stops. They have to use uh, Panthers to use their second timeout, about 30 seconds left. They do a quick power run to Flores. He gets them about to the two-yard line. Uh, clock ticking, clock ticking. And then uh, Desmond Chow seals the deal, just falling into the end zone with three, with three seconds left to go in the game. Pandemonium. Kids going crazy. Coach is trying to calm the kids down. There's still three seconds left. And, uh, you know, they don't want any penalties on the kickoff or anything like that. And um, that was it. That win, Vista, Vista takes over the Palomar League at least um, a little bit. Uh, that I know uh, Rancho Bernardo was playing El Camino, but now Vista's 2-0. Uh, Tyler drops to one and one, and uh, that's a huge, uh, huge victory for uh, Vista. And uh, they got a couple good games uh, coming up in the future, but now they have the upper hand in the Palomar uh, uh, League over there. And overall, a historic night, it sounds like. Um, if you guys want to see any of the clips, we have retweeted and liked a fair amount of them, but please go follow at WBK Sports on Twitter so that you can see where, like I'm saying, Eric is like. I'm looking at it right now, and it's Des Toa running straight at your camera, 15 feet away from you, right into the end zone. Um, so please go follow Eric Williams, WBK Sports. Eric, uh, I want to ask you about a couple other scores up in the North County. Uh, is that okay? Oh, yeah. Actually, first, can I, I throw in some notables really quick on that? I want to show – I'll be quick with that. I want to shout some yep. love to Poway. They, they, they some notables. They scored on their first four possessions, and – they had about 350 total yards in the first half. And um, we got to give some love to Josh Butler. He, he finished with 180 yards, 194 yards rushing and three touchdowns. Um, he's an incredible running back, strong, quick, crafty, very intelligent. The kid deserves a D1 scholarship. He came over to the Vista sideline after the game in the middle and visited with coaches and players and was extremely professional and respectful to all his opponents and coaches. Um, this is a kid college coaches need to offer. I mean, they, he'll make your team better, but I was really impressed with him, his personality, and just how respectful of a kid he was and how he carried himself. Andrew Wisely played well. Vance Jefferson maybe one of the most underrated players in the county. And like I said, DJ Owens was a very impressive kid. That's great speed. Um, Desmond Chow finished with uh, 98 yards rushing the second half, 158 uh, for the game with two touchdowns. David Flores had 194 yards rushing, 20 carries and a touchdown. Brian Kelly racked up some rushing yards with a touchdown, but the Panthers had about 420 yards rushing total, which is just above their average. Undoubtedly, they're the top rushing team in San Diego with just under 2,500 yards rushing in just six games. Uh, when the stats are all said and done this week, they'll be top five overall in California as far as total rushing yards, yards per game, and carry, and they are approaching the top 20 overall nationally in the entire country. Um, but they got it done with the passing. Travis Bennett, 184 yards, three touchdowns, all to Brent Lawson, who had eight receptions, 175 yards receiving. Uh, but Vista, about 500 yards total offense on the night. A great win for Coach Bottom and Vista. He was very emotional, obviously, after the win. Family, wife, and children supporting. Um, and he was literally moved to tears at how hard his kids were to pull off this comeback. And that's what coaching's all about. If you can't get emotional and shed a tear after a win like that, then you don't love the kids you coach and you don't love coaching. 
plain and simple, the game came down to a good old-fashioned heart, soul, and will to win the game for Vista. They just outlasted Poway on this Friday night, uh, but the Titans are a very good team. I like that. So there is a little bit of crying that is acceptable in sports. Uh, when you have a, a historic come-from-behind win with your kids gutting it out, doing all sorts of crazy things like that. Yes, sir. And, um, yeah, it was. This is great. He's changed the whole program around. Shout-out to Coach Bottom. Had a lot of criticism early on. And um, I'm just really proud of what him and uh, Coach Tala, uh, Desert Dad, are doing over there and the rest of the staff. Um, just a great job. Uh, changing the culture so um, great job over there but um yeah what um there's some uh other games out there uh uh as well well um what games were uh you looking at well okay so what i mainly wanted to talk with you about was was the other game that we were talking about you might have gone to last night which was oceanside mission hills and i look i am a big fan of when schools come thundering back to their former glory and I really thought that this was the year that Oceanside was gonna be you know back and then they go out and uh 27 nothing get soundly defeated by Mission Hills so what's the takeaway from that game is this just a bad night of football is this a mismatch but it's not indicative of something or is this Mission Hills telling Oceanside and the county look pump your brakes you're good you're not elite well, these these two teams have started to create a pretty uh, decent rival here, and you're exactly right. Oceanside is back. Um, you know they you know they had a great couple of wins, but I think in this situation, what truly happened, to be honest with you, um, Coach Thomas Altieri, the defensive coordinator at Mission Hills, uh, really has the defense at Mission Hills on all cylinders, and he has some great talent over there. So. Um, what I feel happened in that game is their corners shut down the passing game. Um, Hadnoff's back. He was injured. He was out a couple games. Um, and Sky Donnell is a, is, a, is a kid. You need to know that kid's name. These guys are great in the secondary. I believe Elisha Lloyd is, uh, plays a little bit of this in the secondary as well. But since they were able to shut down the passing game, it allowed the trio of great linebackers that Mission Hills has with Mikhail Soto, uh, Jason, Bo- Jason Boyle, and uh, the new kid, uh, Jaden Matua, who uh, had a huge interception. Those That core linebackers, you know, and Shiloh Seau running the line, defensive line over there, they focused in on Kavika the entire night. Uh, I saw Kavika in a quick interview, and he was like, what can I say? He said, Mr. Hill's defense was just incredible last night. They focused in on me, and um, they, they, they shut me down. And I think that was probably the focus for uh, Coach Altieri and also Coach Hauser over there is shut Kavika Tua down. I mean, he's their back. He's their great guy. I mean, you saw it over in Vista. They they couldn't shut Butler down the first half. They shut him down the second half. And they had an amazing comeback. So that's what I take from there. I think Oceanside, you know, may have been a little off, you know, because they've been relying on the rushing game and Tavika so much and uh, – I, they didn't score any points over there. <laughs> so great job to Mission <laughs> that, Hills. That, that, is in, that is incredibly accurate football analysis. <laughs> they didn't score. Uh, they got a 52-yard field goal out of Zeke's motto, which how, how often do you see a 52-yard field goal in high school? He's uh, Kyle High Prep's uh, first uh, all first preseason team. So 
that was good on him. And um, Cameron Loosley had a big run, 77 yards out there. And Sky Donnell had an incredible catch on offense. So, I mean, when you're – we've heard it all before, Christian. I mean, we, everybody will agree with us. Defense wins championships. And if your defense locks down teams, you're going to get more opportunities on offense. And that's all that game was. Um, I think Oceanside will be fine, although they do have a tough game next week uh, at Carlsbad or at home versus Carlsbad. So so we'll see how that goes, man. I'm interested to see. The Avocado League is uh, – Do you think that's where you're going to be next week? Um, I, you know what? I is it, is it too early to ask? <laughs> it is. I take a lot of time to think that, you know, and I, I kind of look it out and see, you know, well, you know, a lot depending on where the coverage is and, um, you know, to be honest, you know, how local it, it is. I would love to get out. Um, my early days of doing this, I was able to get out to some East County games and, uh, some, some South Bay and, and whatnot, but it's a little hard sometimes you know, when you get off work, you come from North County all the way out there. It's a it's a longer drive from from out there, 4 p.m. in that crazy traffic. But um, I, I, I'm exploring some other games out of North County. Um, I know Mission Hills has Torrey Pines. I know, um, is it, uh, like you said, Carlsbad and Oceanside. Uh, and then I believe, um, would it be El Camino San Marcos? I'd have to look at the schedule again on that. I'm sorry. But, yeah, no, way too early for me to make that decision, Christian. Well, I'll tell you what. We'll have everybody go to at WBK Sports and bug you all week on Twitter to have you come to their game, um, regardless <laughs> of where they're at. Look, I hey, I know. I I usually feel like I have a good idea where I'm going, and then Friday night rolls around, and I'm like, oh, no. Now, now all of a sudden I want to go to nine different games. Um it's it's tough. It, it it's hard to figure out where you want to go. You can follow Eric at WBK Sports on Twitter. All sorts of great content coming out of the North County, which is uh, the the biggest battleground it would seem right now in San Diego high school football. Eric, thank you very much for joining us. Any closing notes before we say goodbye? No, nah, man. I appreciate you guys. Shout out to all you hardworking media out there. EC Prep, Diego Sports, uh, SC Prep, San Diego Football Diego Football. Tommy G, SCFNL, uh, everybody who's out there, Meech, Team Akasi, um, all those all those guys out there, love what you do, and um, uh, Adam Paul, everybody, uh, it, it just keeps us um, keeps the information flowing, and um, it's fun to celebrate high school football in San Diego. It's a beautiful thing, and uh, let's keep it rolling for the next couple of weeks and uh, represent our community. Uh, the best way we can. Appreciate all you guys. It's the gift that keeps on giving, and uh, Eric is a really big part of that community. Thank you very much for joining us, Eric. We will talk to you next week. Sounds good. You're welcome. We now look into the magic oracle that is John Maffey from the San Diego Union Tribune and see what goodies he has for us about San Diego high school sports. John, I bumped into you last night at uh, Bishop's Orange Glen. Was that your only stop of the night, or, or what were you up to? And thank you very much for being on the show. Yes, um, thank you. Um, yes, uh, that was my only game last night. I wanted to see uh, uh, Tyler Buckner. It was a chance to see him kind of in my backyard. So it, uh, it was uh, it was very much worth my while to go see that game. So final score, darn near broke the scoreboard on, on both ends of this one with uh, – I, I have to double-check this always and make sure that I, I have this right because Bishops puts up 70-plus points – 
And uh, so 73-32 final score, Bishops. Let's talk about Tyler Buckner for a second. Um, 660-something total yards, seven touchdowns. Uh, I was kind of tracking his yardage all, all night, and it seemed to go uh, small spurt, small spurt, massive touchdown play. Small spurt, small spurt, massive touchdown play. So w- what was your take on him seeing him, him in person, though? Yeah, no, and that, that, that's kind of it. I had him 1,414 yards, uh, 414 yards passing, uh, 102 yards rushing, and and he could t- kind of take off and do do whatever he wanted. I talked to the Orange Glen coaches before the game of what they wanted to do. They 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 said they wanted to you know let him have the short stuff and take away the long stuff. They didn't want to get burned deep, and they still did. And you know they had guys running free, and you know I mean two I mean two very well coached teams. I, you know Orange Glen you know uh, should not be underrated, but uh, you know Tyler's I you know. He's going to Notre Dame. Is he a Notre Dame quarterback? You know, boy, I, I'm not sure, but he sure is talented. And I think with maturity and and coaching when he gets into college, I, I don't think he's going to be a guy that goes in there and, and starts from day one. But uh, but he's going to be a guy who, who definitely has the ability to play there. Well, let's dial it back for a second, though to just the high school level and, and kind of the here and the now of Tyler Buckner's talent. Bishops is 6-0. and They continue to roll late in the se- later in the season. They're, they're looking at being one of the top teams in Division Two. So, it, obviously, it's going to require his offense to get them there, but they look like they are in the driver's seat potentially in the Division Two playoffs. So, how good can he be, or, or do you think he is in the here and the now of San Diego high school football? I, you know, I, I think he's, he's very good. You know, you try to try to compare him to, uh, you know, quarterbacks that we've had recently, you know, the Jack Tuttles of the world who, you know, from, uh, from Mission Hills who went to Oregon and, and is now at, uh, at Virginia Tech. And, you know, and uh, uh, I'm sorry, he's at Indiana. And uh, uh, Braxton, Braxton Burmeister, yeah. I think that's Yeah, Burmeister the, was the, the Oregon to Virginia, Virginia Tech. Right. And I think that's probably the, the best comparison there that, uh, and I think, you know, he, he's very, very similar to a Braxton Burmeister, uh, you know, a, a very well put together young man, uh, poised in the pocket, good arm, no question. He's got, you know, and I especially wanted, he, he threw some deep outs last night and the deep out was there, you know, that, that 12, 13 yard deep out. And, and he got it there on a line. And that's, that's kind of what I was waiting. Cause a lot of guys can throw the deep ball, they can screen it. They can they can do other stuff, but the deep out is the ball that separates you know the quarterbacks from the pretenders, and uh, and he has that, and he showed it last night. Well, to me, one thing that also struck struck me about last night was that his mobility really seems to be a a, a weapon, I, I, not just a he prolongs plays and gives those guys time to get open downfield, but you saw. Almost, almost. I, I mean, I, I was trying to think of a comp, and it, it came across almost as like Tim Tebow esque efficiency inside the red zone. Of you just knew that they could go downhill with Buckner as a runner, that he could get out of the pocket and make something happen. So it seems like there's not a lot of defenses out there built to stop him, at least here and now, in in terms of the next five weeks. Right, and you know, and his, he, he you know. 
Christian, you're right. He had great escapability too. Uh, there were a couple of times where, you know, he was trapped in the pocket and he kind of, you know, did a reverse pivot and, and scooted away from, from trouble. And then not only made, you know, got out of trouble, you know, and a lot of quarterbacks would have thrown the ball away, but he still was looking downfield to make a play. And on, you know, they probably, Orange Glenn flushed him out maybe six times, uh, only sacked him once. And he, of the, of the six times, he probably made three plays that, that shouldn't have been made, that he had no, you know, no right making a play on those plays. And his receivers are very good. That's, you know, they, they catch the ball very well. And I, I think that's, you know, that's a telling fact. If you have a great quarterback and, and, and guys can't catch the ball, you're in trouble. So last night, Clay Petrie, Griffin Dooley, Amon Banks, and Clarence Freeman all end up grabbing multiple catches, a lot of touchdowns being thrown. Also uh, got to give some love out to Amon Banks taking 10 carries and a touchdown on the ground. Uh, question that I want to bring up, I mean, obviously, if you have any last takeaways from the game, let me hear them, but I saw two things stand out to me in this game, aside from Tyler Buckner, and that was that uh, Charlie Mossy flipped a switch in that second half and really showed me that the Bishop's defense is actually, it's got some playmakers on it. And also, Cale Patterson on Orange Glenn. My goodness, that guy is fun to watch run the ball. 39 carries for 347 yards. And, yeah, and that, that, that's a pretty good day's work. And and he didn't play the last series. His brother got in the last series. And and I agree with you on Charlie Mossy. I'm glad you said that because he was the guy that, that you know, I, I'm on deadline and I have to hustle down and get an interview. And, and I wanted to talk to Charlie Mossy because, uh, you know, they bottled uh, – they didn't bottle up uh, – uh, Patterson had 247 yards at the half. He had 100 yards in the second half. And there was a stretch there where he had like six carries of, you know, one yard, no yards, two yards, three yards. They really kind of contained him for, a, you know, two series. And so I wanted to see, you know, then Charlie said, hey, we, you know, we, we changed our package a little bit on defense. We started blitzing the linebackers, run, run blitzing linebackers. And, and that seemed to confuse them for a while. And, and then Orange Glenn kind of figured it out, and, and Kale was okay. But in the meantime, it cost them a couple of series while they were trying to figure it out. Certainly uh, seems like both of those guys, though, standouts in their own right. So 73-32 Bishops over Orange Glenn. Any final notes on that, or can I bounce a couple scores from around the county off you? Um, I think, yeah, that should cover that one. All right, so let's hit up in the North County with the – Carl's bad win over Torrey Pines, 42-7. What's your takeaway there? Not at all surprised. Um, Torrey is, you know, is banged up. They're sick. They're, you know, and they're, you know, they're, they're a talented team. They're going to be fine in a year or so, but they're young. And Carl's bad is, this was a team right from the start that uh, Coach Max said, you know, this, you know, don't sleep on us because, you know, we're, you know, you never vote us in the, nobody ever votes us in the top 10 to begin with. And then we're always there. And uh, they were in the top 10 to begin with. And now they're, you know, they're, they're probably, I think the, the fourth best team in the County and, and, and challenging, you know, the, the, the top three. And you know, I think they're going to be, they're probably going to be the fourth team, you know, along with steel Canyon, we'll see what happens in that, that fourth seed in the open division, but you know, not surprising at all that they, 
I was a little bit surprised by the score, but not that they won. Who had the bigger night last night? San Diego winning 50-41 over Patrick Henry or Madison winning 30-14 to over Lincoln? I think Madison. I think, you know, Madison, and from what everybody's been saying, you know, Madison is good, but they're not Madison good. And I think now they're, you know, that, that win last night showed people, I think, that, you know, the Warhawks are starting to become Madison good. Let's go out to the East County and talk about Santana a little bit. They win 56-21 to remain undefeated and move to 7-0 and on the season. You know, I don't know if anybody saw Santana being 7-0. and I don't even know if Santana thought they'd be 7-0 and at this point. You know, just, you know, a great feather in their cap and, and a, you know, and a, a really nice season. And it, it'd be nice to see, see if they can finish this off. Let's, let's see how far they can take this. Finally, I want to ask you about San Pasquale. They moved to 5-1 and one on the season with a win over Ramona. I have at one point this season voted for them to be in the top 10. That was before their loss to Torrey Pines. And I, I, what do you make out of this team? Because great win-loss record, but all these games, uh, aside from one of them, have been decently close games. So are they, are they for real, real? Are they a legitimate threat? Are they... What do you make out of this five and one? Because it's a good team, but how great can it be? You know, I, I think I think you hit it right there. They're a good team. They're not a great team. They're a very well coached team. They're a very disciplined team. They run that triple option offense, and they run it to perfection. And it when you when they get into league, the league teams have seen it and seen it for years, and they they defense it a little better. And if you notice, San Pasquale always has a lot of success outside a league and in the playoffs because teams just don't see this deep, that, that offense that they run, you know, with the, with the ball handling and the three backs and the counter and, and, you know, and end around and, you know, and jet, and they just run all kinds of stuff. They, they, they throw everything at you. So I think, uh, you know, a team that, that, that is good, but not great and will be, be a monster for somebody in the playoffs. John Maffey from the San Diego Union Tribune bringing you great content all week long here in San Diego in all of the high school sports. John, any closing notes about this week before we say goodbye? Um, one last thing. I think, uh, I, I think we got to give a shout-out to, to Mission Hills in, uh, in shutting out Oceanside. Uh, a great, great defensive effort by them, 27 nothing over a very good Oceanside team. And Chris Hauser said that was uh, – you know, the coach at Mission Hill said that that was probably the best defensive effort that any of his teams have, have ever put together. So I think we'd be remiss if we didn't you didn't give the give them a, a, a pat in the back this week. Deal. Thank you very much for joining us, John. You can check out everything he's doing with the San Diego Union Tribune. We will retweet links to everything. Thank you very much, and we will speak to you next week. We are now joined by the team writer for Team Mikasi, Meech, at 619Meech on all of the different social medias. Thank you very much for joining us. You were out at uh, Scripps Ranch Kearney last night. What did you see, and how did Week 7 of San Diego High School football treat you? Uh, well, yes, the best team in D3. Uh, and then just I was kind of just focusing more on Kearney because we got a lot of guys there. Um, they got to they gotta figure some things out or 
they may miss the playoffs. You know, they got two important games with Mission Bay and San Diego coming up. And those are must-win games. I, I think it's must-win for the comments here on out. They got to get some more consistency from the quarterback play and uh, special teams and just kind of limit some of the some of the mistakes they have because uh, they're still dangerous. They're still dangerous on offense. Teams play keep away uh, with the ball. They're still dangerous, but, you know, the interceptions, the missed the miss balls, the blunders on special teams, it's going to cost them. And if they don't turn it around, uh, they may miss the playoffs, you know, from championship to not even seeing the playoffs is, is big. So, yeah. Talk to us a little bit about what you saw on the Scripps Ranch side. You mentioned almost kind of glossed over it that you, you feel like they're one of the top, if not the top team in D3, but they're not somebody that maybe uh, necessarily with all the drama that has happened up in the open division levels that has had a bunch of the spotlight this year. So tell us a little bit about what you saw seeing Scripps Ranch in person. Uh, I just see a disciplined team that executes well and plays their brand of football. You know, uh, it's not too flashy. You don't get some of the bigger names you get at, you know, the D1 level, D2 level. But you get a real good team that comes and plays their brand of football. And uh, that's what they did last night uh, to the comments, you know, just, you know, impose their will on a team that just makes mistakes. So uh, they're going to be real tough, especially if they continue to play their brand of football. Uh, I see them uh, going real far, but if, they have another matchup against Kearney. It could be dead. Still think Kearney's a, a, a deadly team, uh, real explosive on offense. And yesterday they had five turnovers, and I know Scripps is aware of that as well. So, um, like I said, I think Scripps may be the best team in D3 right now. Their record supports it. Uh, last night their destruction, the Comets supported it. And uh, the D3 playoff is going to be a real interesting one. Yeah, it's kind of nuts that we're actually at that point in the season where we now get to sort of have the playoff picture come into a little bit clearer view as as we figure out here some of the top teams and this, that, and the other division. But the fact that uh, if you just look at the top four teams, maybe, uh, let's extend that to top five teams in Division Three. You got Scripps from the North County, Hilltop from the South, San Diego from the central part of San Diego Central, from the East County or the way, you know, the Inland Empire and West, like West Hills coming in there fifth at the East County, the entire county is represented in that Division Three playoffs. So certainly looking like it's going to be something insane. Uh, speaking of insane, you also had an eye on Madison Lincoln. Madison coming out with a pretty insane statement win there. Yeah, uh, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Warhawk alumni, so I always watch uh, Madison. And then I grew up in the Lincoln uh, Park community, so... Uh, I kind of have like a bias towards those two teams. I am disappointed with Lincoln, and I'm just going to say it flat out. On paper, they have the best roster, the most talented athletes in the county, and their offense is sputtering out of control. I wonder what's going on at the high. Uh, on the Madison side of things, uh, Keontae Springs is the man. He may be the best overall athlete in the county, and that's just not hype. That is fact. He has kind of put that Warhawk team on his shoulders. We'll see him at running back. We'll see him at quarterback. He'll catch some passes out the backfield. 
see him on the defensive side sometimes at 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 DB and. I believe he had over 200 and uh, something yards with a couple of TDs, and he just impresses every week. And I was just kind of surprised that Lincoln wouldn't be able to kind of contain him. You know, uh, on the offensive side of the ball, it's not much outside of Keontae and Herman for the Warhawks. And they came in there and ran the ball at will, uh, got their quarterback, you know, outside of the pocket, make plays, and then the defense with Sam Owens, Herman Smith, and, and, and a whole some other guys just kind of honestly had their way with, with the Hornets, you know, held them to 14, you know, they would get in the red zone, and then mental mistakes would kill Lincoln as far as penalties, but it's disappointing to see, you know, you got guys like Sean Smith, you got the Stevensons running back, you got Benji, they got a good quarterback in Jensen, you got Darius, I mean, they are loaded on this Hornet team. You got to find a way to get the offense started. You know, you can't have your defense out there and your offense not putting up no points. It's, it's disappointing coming from Lincoln. Let's jump over to one other score that I wanted to run by you, and that is San Diego uh, bouncing back into the winning ways with a 50-41 to 41 win over the Patriots. Tell me what you took away from that score. Uh, I say it's impressive uh, to me with, with, with how Patrick Henry, uh, you know, continued to battle with Dago. I, I give Dago the ultimate respect. Uh, I think they are one of the best in D3, you know, but it is a down year for Dago. Um, you know, so they found a way to win. But more impressive is how Patrick Henry, uh, you know, they're a solid football team and they're showing it even in a loss. You know, they're putting up 40-some points against a good caver team. And, um yeah, I think it's more. I think it says more about you know Patrick Henry, uh, because we know Dago's going to be Dago. They're going to be good. They're going to put up a fight. They're going to go deep in the playoffs. But with Patrick Henry, you know, they had some you know sixty point losses or or where they gave up sixty points. Uh, yesterday they battled back and uh, you know put up of their own. And I, and I and I think that's impressive in a loss, especially when you're playing a top team like uh, San Diego. You know they have a lot of potential. And the future looks bright for Patrick Henry. Patrick Henry's offense certainly has figured it out. They are three and three, but they have scored the third most points in Division Three. So uh, definitely a, a, a huge win there for San Diego. You can follow him at six one nine Meach, team writer for at Team Mikasi. Meach, any closing notes on this week before we say goodbye? Yeah. Uh... I want to give a huge shout-out to Keontae Springs, Team Akashi guy. It was his 18th birthday yesterday. And uh, Madison just kind of had this back-to-back thing with birthdays. You know, you got last week, you get Rich, Rich Jackson turning 45. They get a big win. And then this week, Keontae, you know, turning 18. And they get another big win over, over a solid uh, Lincoln Hornet team. So shout-out to that young man. Keep doing your thing. I also want to shout-out Junior Apatindo. I think I hope I said his name right. Um, I did the game day feature on Junior. Uh, Junior was locked in with the Granite Hills matchup. I've been given a lot of debate uh, as to uh, why the Grossmont Hills League could be the best in San Diego. And uh, still can continues to go out there and perform. So shout out to Junior, to T-Mac, Chance, to all those guys out there on Steel Canyon. Uh, it's looking like it's going to be a show with Helix and Steel. Sounds good, man. Go check out that work that he is talking about that he writes at T 
Team Mikasi or at 619 Meach on all the social media. Thank you very much for joining us, man. We will talk to you next week. All right, Christian. See you next week.